Hello, listeners. I'm Stacey Lee Sherwood from Reality Checks with Stacey Lee, coming to you on All About Animals Radio. Now, if you think animal issues are just about animals, well, no, they also involve politics and economics, so they do affect all of us. I hope you learn a little something today and maybe be motivated to act and enjoy the show. Now, today we're going to start with the Wolf Reintroduction Program in Colorado and then compare that plan with how well or poorly the state has managed its wild horse population. And spoiler alert, piss poor job on that. Hopefully, this will give the listeners insight into the reality of these programs instead of the usual PR spin that often hides a nefarious truth. And that also includes some of the nonprofits involved that don't really have the wild horse issue as their priority. Now, a few months ago, I wrote an article comparing the state plan for wolves to the Wild Earth Guardians plan and listed the advisory board members. All but two are hunters and ranchers, so you can see what the real priority is. A link to that article will be included on the website so people can check out that information and see for themselves what's really going on. So today's guest is a friend and longtime wildlife activist, resident of Colorado, Pamela True. So welcome, Pam. Thank you. Hi, Stacy. Thank you. Hi. Hi, Pam. So, Pam, let's start with the Wolf Reintroduction Program. Can you explain what the plan is and how it's supposed to actually work? Yes. So I was very excited about uh, this ballot initiative. It was the first time this has ever happened in the States for the people of Colorado to be able to decide on a wildlife issue. Very, very excited. Um, We did win for the reintroduction. It was a long haul, though, because the ranchers and hunters did huge propaganda campaigns, trying to put the fear in people. Of course. And to this day, you know, they like (laughs) to say we we, uh, won by such a small margin. It doesn't matter. In a democracy, whoever wins gets the vote. So, um, very excited. And um, right from the get-go. And I went to some of the Colorado Parks and Wildlife meetings. We have an office in uh, Glenwood Springs. And uh, right from the get-go, you could tell that it was going to be difficult. Yeah. So, Colorado Parks and Wildlife themselves really did not want to reintroduce wolves and they set up a couple of committees and the SAG committee yes all hunters and ranchers and when I went to the meetings you know they would have these boards up and pretty much everything was about the ranchers about compensation and uh, that started out at $8,000 $8,000 per predation of a livestock, one animal. And one, I wait, one, one cow? One cow? One cow. Well, I don't know what the deal would be with sheep. They don't really divide that up. And wow. initially that was 8000 and I thought that was outrageous. And it is outrageous. Yeah. What some other states get, like Montana was five, and I thought that was outrageous. So... They um, spent, they they have, so we got the ballot initiative 
2020, I believe. And they had three years to get wolves on the ground. And they have stalled this out to the last month and pro probably the last day yeah, of the probably. last year, which is yeah. this year, 2023. They're not going to reintroduce them until the last minute. Of course. Yeah, and of course. they have spent all this time trying to stop the reintroduction, trying to get lethal kill. Um, the ranchers have been spreading all of this propaganda. They are just throwing fits. And um, it's been all about, I mean, from the get-go, it was like everything was going to make this reintroduction fail. <laughs> now, reintroducing wolves is not rocket science. Right. They did it in Yellowstone. They did it in Idaho. So, I mean, they should have been able to get wolves on the ground, like, the first year exactly yeah. they have the ballot initiative said they had the law said they had to have wolves on the ground by the end of 2023 and of course they're waiting till the last minute so they have been spending all of this time having conversations about how to uh, have lethal kill they raise the compensation for one animal for up to $15,000, $15,000. Then they, um, the CPW tried to say that once there's 150 wolves in the whole state of Colorado, which has 17 million acres of public land, 17 million acres. It's a lot, lot of land. Of yeah, it's a lot of land. Yeah. Lots of wilderness. And um, they have just been doing everything to try and make this feel. So they were saying that once the population got to 150, that they could give out hunting licenses. That didn't work because the law says that they are considered non-game animals. Right. And wolves are currently protected in the lower 48 again, except for three states. And um, so, you know, killing wolves in Colorado is a no-no. And there was a little switcheroo there when the reintroduction was put out. Uh, the wolves were all, in the lower 48 were under the uh, ESA, endangered species list. And before it got voted on, it was taken off for a short period of time. Uh, it got taken off, but then they were put back on, except for those three states. And so um, they were trying, so CP, legally CPW could not uh, have the wolves hunted. So then they uh, were not going to put the wolves on federal public lands. They are planning on putting them on state 
and private lands. Right. In my valley, the Roaring Fork Valley, Glenwood to Aspen, in the Vale area, and Gunnison, which it's all a connection there, all of being one of the most highly recreated areas in the state. And why are they not putting the wolves on public lands in the wilderness where they belong? They have a game plan here. <laughs> they have a game plan here. I already find that they're scaring people. They're scaring people because they're putting the wolves in a very highly recreated area. Believe me, there's plenty of cattle here, plenty of cattle and sheep. They're, like, right. they're trying to say there's not that many much livestock here. I believe they're they're doing it so that the um, ranchers can get access to these wolves. Right. So yeah. they are now got the feds involved. CPW said that they were not going to put them on federal lands because they didn't have the manpower or the money to get the environmental impact statement done and uh just a, a whole bunch of nonsense but they had a plan but since wolves are federally protected aren't they mandated to be on federal land i would think so you would yeah you would you would think but you would think so i mean anybody could figure i mean why would they be putting them on state and private lands because they well, have a plan it so, almost seems like they want the wolves to predate the livestock so they can say, see, this is what happened. And then that will, you know, cause the public outcry to have the hunt, the, have the wolves hunted. And then that will be kind of an easy way to get rid of the wolves without the Colorado government, I guess, you know, being being blamed for it. Didn't they also want to reclassify the wolves as a game species? Wasn't that part of Part of their well, tactic they, as well. They tried that. CPW they tried, tried that. Tried okay. that, but the law of the the law, the reintroduction law from the ballot initiative that got voted yes, right, um, says that they are to be not to be considered game species. They are non-game species. Species. Okay. So CPW could do that. So then what happened was the and they had this as a backup plan. And uh, 150 wolves, I mean, 150 wolves, how is that a viable population? Center for Biological Diversity, was it Center or the, which one did you say that you were looking at the plan? Uh, Wild, Wild Earth Guardians. They were the Wild ones that came Earth up with Guardians the other plan. says 750 wolves, but others have said 1,500. Right. I mean, you're talking about right. 17 million acres of public lands. Right. Yeah, 150 is nothing. And it's 150 spread out over like five years. So it's not even 150 right away, right? They're going to introduce a few each year. And then when they get to 150, that's going to be kind of the, the cap, which is also insane, insane too. Um, but, you know, it's like it's like doomed doomed to fail. It certainly seems that way. Can you explain what the 10-J rule is? Yeah, I was getting yeah. to that. So 
So, uh, but I will tell you before I get to the 10J plan that um, despite uh, Colorado Parks and Wildlife being shot down on that lethal kill uh, or, you know, licenses to kill, in the final plan, they do include that ranchers do have the right to lethally kill the wolves, but they're supposed to try non-lethal means first. But it is in there, even without the 10J rule. Yeah, of course it is, yeah. So the ranchers, of course, they didn't get that ability down pat. So, and this was the plan. So they went to Fish and Wildlife, who kills countless number of wildlife for uh, ranchers. Uh, and they did this with the Mexican wolf reintroduction, which uh, they were like down to 10 wolves left. Right in the yeah. wild. Yeah, hardly any. <clears throat> and they got this sneaky. So the TJ rule is just this ridiculous sneaky. They want to call the wolves non-essential. Experimental. And experimental, experimental like right. wolves have never been here before. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you know, they annihilated the wolves by 1940. In the, in the lower 48 states, they pretty much annihilated the wolves. And I believe, I mean, we all know that states that have wolves, I mean, we border Utah and Wyoming, and wolves most certainly would have come in from, from the neighboring states to Colorado. Oh, yes. And they were in this state, they were under the Endangered Species Act. But you got to know that ranchers have been killing them all along. They, they use the words and they use the words in a violent manner when they didn't get their way with things with this reintroduction. Well, we're just going to shoot, shovel and shut up. Do shovel and shut up. Exactly. That's that's the uh, that's the policy. Uh, Wyoming, Idaho, Montana. Yeah, that's that's the, and not just for wolves, for for coyotes, for fox, for cougar, for basically anything that ranchers don't want to be bothered with. Yeah. Yeah. And wildlife services, too. And that's part of the USDA. That's their policy, too. Right. Yeah. So. So uh, the. um. 10J rule uh, would allow ranchers to kill a wolf, to kill a wolf or a pack of wolves, or even if they feel like it's imminent, they can kill the wolves. Now, and so that's in the works, but in the Colorado Assembly, they had a Senate and House hearing on the wolf reintroduction. And Governor Polis, you know, he ultimately has to sign off on these bills. Mm -hmm. They came up with a uh, plan for the 10J rule. 
And they said that if that was not signed by Helen, by the end of the year, like how long does it take her to sign off with her lethal signature? Um, Then the reintroduction could not happen. Oh my so God. Basically, they were saying yeah. if they didn't get the 10J rule by the end of the year, that it would stop the reintroduction. Now, that's but, doesn't, but doesn't that violate the law? Yes. It, it, it certainly does, but everything violates the law. Right. In these things. So they voted on that. I mean, I think there were only a couple people that voted against it. And uh, Governor Polis has stated that he is for the 10K rule. So he wants lethal control. He wants to allow the ranchers to kill the wolves if they predate on their livestock. And supposedly he's some kind of conservation animal person, but I I haven't seen much evidence of that. It sounds like the state of Colorado was being held hostage by the ranchers who are heavily subsidized by taxpayers anyway, right? You know, they, they basically graze the cattle for free um, on public land and they're constantly subsidized uh, like so many other other industries that shouldn't be. So, um, boy, that seems highly unethical and maybe even illegal for that to have gone on. Right, so, so, uh, police did, and he ended up vetoing that bill. And his reasoning was, now I believe it's mostly to appease the voters. Okay. But he stated that he was for the 10J rule. And this was not, this was going against the will of the people to say that the reintroduction would not happen in the time frame according to the law if they did not get this 10J rule, and that was not ethical. And he also stated that he thought it might jeopardize the 10J rule. I think that was the main mission. Hmm. So he vetoed that bill, and he immediately put a million dollars into an account to assist, to give to fish and wildlife to get the 10J rule. When you say fish and wildlife, do you mean U.S. fish and wildlife or do you mean Colorado? U.S. This is the federal federal government. This is because the wolves are going to get on public lands. Right. Now, this is the other thing is that CPW says they're going to put from 10 to 30 wolves over a five-year period from different states, although most states are refusing to give us wolves. And what right do the states have to refuse to give federal wolves, because they're on federal lands, to another state? I mean, it's so ridiculous, the games they play. So... Two states have already said no. Which which two I, states? I, I w- would that. that be Wyoming and Montana? Or Idaho? Wyoming so far said no. And uh, I'm not sure if it was Idaho. Probably. A couple of states have said no. 
They're working yeah. on Washington now, where they're yeah, protected. Right. Yeah. And so they said they're going to put 10 to 30 wolves over a five-year period. Right. And they're going to take them from different packs. They're going to put them on private and state lands where there's lots of people. Right. And they're not going to have an established pack. Now, wolves hunt, they require a very well-established pack to take down big game. They're not like mountain lions. You know, mountain lions are lone hunters, and it's hard for them to take down an elk and a deer, too. But the wolves rely on packs, right? family packs. And so there won't be any of these organized family packs, right? So, of course, they're going to have to go after easy prey. Tim, it almost sounds like there aren't any scientists or biologists involved in any of this plan. It sounds ass backwards from beginning to end and deliberately doomed to fail, right? That's pretty much what it sounds like. Uh, exactly. I mean, it just it just couldn't get any dumber or more ludicrous. And it's they're not even trying to hide their true intentions, which is I find nauseating because wolves are extremely vital and important, not to mention amazing and beautiful um, to a healthy ecosystem. Um, maybe the voters of Colorado should get themselves a new governor. Well, I, you know, when I get to Colorado Wild Horse Bill, I mean, I am just. A, just oh, that's, a, that's, that's a whole that's a whole other whole, 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 whole yeah. other mess. It's even worse. Well, let me tell you what I found, though, in the Colorado Assembly, both with the wolves and the Colorado Wild Horse Bill, which we'll talk about afterwards. Um, so anyway, first, let me just get to that point. So this is how I feel it's going to go. They're not going to have any established packs. Yeah. I mean, they're spreading out. You can be sure they'll probably put 10 on, right, to start with. Maybe. And yeah. <laughs> uh, they won't be established packs. They'll be on state and private land. They'll have to go after easy prey, and easier prey. In the, I believe the ranches will actually lure them. Oh, I totally believe that. Yes. cow. Yeah. And for the money, I mean, who? They're not going to get fifteen thousand dollars for for one livestock when they go to slaughter. I mean, all these. All these livestock, the cow and the sheep, are doomed animals in the end as well. Right. And, um, and they'll get their payout, and they'll also be able to kill them. However many are in the group that comes in. So, and Governor Polis is all for this. And yeah. so how do you expect <clears throat> to have any kind of viable population of wolves with this plant. I mean, it's doomed to fail you can't. in every way. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. You, you can't. And and I think that's the main, I think that's the main issue is that they are doing everything they possibly can uh, because they can't openly break the law by refusing to put wolves there. So they're going to make it impossible with, you know, a, 
fragmenting uh, the wolves so they won't have any packs because packs are, they work in a very tight hierarchy. You know, there's the alpha, there's the beta, there's the omega, and it takes a while to establish that. And uh, it's pretty out in the open. I mean, like I said before, just looking at the advisory board, they're all ranchers and hunters. Mm -hmm. So, um, and nonprofits that also are very uh, sympathetic, shall we say, to ranchers and hunters. So it's clear from the get-go that this was going to be just a charade. And it's not even that well orchestrated in the sense that it's all out in the open. So they're not even trying to trying to hide it. Um, and, you know, Fish and Wildlife did a great job back in the 1990s with Yellowstone. And then they've just been totally corrupted. They really have. And that, that's not even my opinion. I mean, I've got documentation going back decades. And so they are the last the last people to be in charge of that. Um, as well as the Park Service. I believe the Park Service is probably part of uh, the wolf killings in Yellowstone National Park. I mean, there are just no federal agencies that are really for conservation anymore. So it doesn't look like it doesn't look like uh, it's going to be a good a good ending um, for the wolf reintroduction. I talked to a few people, and some of the some of their thinking is that maybe it should just be scrapped. And just not put the wool, not just not go through with this program, because to put wolves into Colorado, to have them tortured and trapped and killed just seems sick. It really, it really seems sick. And a lot of a lot of people who are truly wolf advocates are like, you know what? Why even go through this just 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 to kill them? So let's talk about another disaster. I mean, I can't even. I can't even think of a polite word for this anymore. Let's talk about what's going on with the wild horses in okay, so in Colorado, which is it's even more tragic if that if that's even possible. Um, heartbreaking. It really is heartbreaking. Yeah, well, it, it all it all the, the wolves and wild horses. It all ties in. It's all ranchers. And right. what I can say right, right off is uh, dealing with this. Uh, first of all, I'll just, tell, I'll just tell folks what the Colorado Wild Horse Bill is, which bill I call is, it right. the Colorado Wild Horse Genocide Bill. Yeah. So we have uh, many nonprofits that are into darting horses with sterilants uh, that are actually pesticides. Right. And they've been using that as a tool to get donations. And many of them have become very wealthy. And they have convinced people oh, from the get-go that if they, that, that they, they support the overpopulation conspiracy, they have to in order to support birth control. And that if they can... Um, keep the populations down by sterilizing them. I mean, it does sterilizing them. It's all, you know, ultimately sterilizes them. Right. And it's very toxic to their um, bodies and the family unit and, you know, goals for no falls. So they've convinced most of the advocacy that if they could dart the horses and stop them from having babies and keep the populations down, that it would stop the roundups and it never, ever, ever, ever has. No, 
No. It's made it worse. Sterilized. Sterilized versus still eat grass and drink water. So they had just uh, gotten 90% of the advocates to believe that. And still to this day, they are, there's so many advocates that support this. So they um, had been lobbying Governor Polis and uh, gentleman Marlon Reese, his partner, because they, they are both animal advocates and wildlife advocates. And uh, Polis had once told a wolf girl that he is totally against PCP mm-hmm. because it's a pesticide. And it's bad for the environment and right. the wildlife. Right. But these daughters, um, the Cloud Foundation, who's in Colorado, American Wild Horse Campaign, uh, there's a whole list of them. And the four remaining herds of wild horses that we have, because West Douglas was wiped out and now managed for no wild horses, have these groups on them that are sub-managing them to extinction, and they've been darting the horses for a very long time stopping them from having babies. So they, they've they been smoozing Governor Polis and Marlon Reese and lobbying for this bill, which is a partnership with the BLM and the ranchers. To make more room for cattle and sheep is all I can see. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And they had been doing it in secret. They did not want any opposers coming in, sharing the truth about these horrible sterilants and genocide and what this does to the wild horses. I mean, come on, any species, no procreation, no life. Exactly. No family. Without family, they're just living zombies. So, and plus, uh, BLM, since the path forward, their goal is to sterilize 80% of the wild horses across the nation. Right. So they round them all up and then they put back stallions and mares and they're all sterilized. And then the ones in holding, they're all gelded or sterilized. They want to extinct them. And then the daughters go in there and sterilize them some more just to make sure there's no holes. And they started getting huge grants from the BLM, from the federal government. Uh, huge grants to DART and sanctuaries and Mustang trainers and anybody who would help the BLM in adoptions and help the BLM with their mission to eradicate them from public lands and reduce the population. But they decided they were going to go to Colorado for more money. And they did this in secret. And I found out about the bill three days before it was going to hearing in the, in the Senate. And I rallied a few people to testify. 
And I wish everybody, and I can get the recording on this, but I wish everybody could see what happened in both the Senate and the House Committee with this bill. The same thing that happened with the wolves. So the first hearing was in the Senate because the Senate had the sponsors. And I just want to tell you one of the main sponsors of this bill and going after the and the and the and the wolf bill for the 10J rule lethal kill is Perry Will was the Colorado Parks and Wildlife head here in our valley in Glenwood Springs. He is a wildlife killer. He is a wild horse hater. I've had conversations with him because I fought for many parcels. Because uh, the BLM, if it's BLM land, Colorado Parks and Wildlife manages the wildlife. Right. BLM manages the land. So there's a partnership. They don't just manage wildlife on state lands. They manage all the wildlife on federal public lands. Hmm. So I've gone to him and have discussions with him. And he would say there's no... There's no wild horses in Colorado. They're feral horses. And I wasn't even going to him about the wild horses, but they got brought up. And we don't want anything to do with them. And basically, they would love to give licenses to kill them. And and the, so these daughters went to him. Oh, of course, yeah. He was like the lead. He wasn't the lead sponsor in the writing of it, but he ended up leading <laughs> the Senate hearing. And... uh pretending, just pretending that he loved wild horses. And so he pushed for this bill and he pushed for the lethal kill. And so he, and he got into the House and the Senate without a public vote. He was put in initially because he, Trapped and killed five mountain lions, and our community was so outraged. Even the people that filed a complaint, because one of them came in and attacked a dog, didn't kill it. He, we were so outraged, he decided to retire after 43 years. And within a month, he was put into the house without a public vote because somebody was retiring. And then he won the next election and then he lost the last one. And again, now this time they put him in the Senate without a public vote because Rankin, who a Republican Rankin, who was out of Aspen, was retiring. And it was it was the plan. So he's been the real instigator in the General Assembly. But when I went to the Senate hearing, they introduced four new ranchers on the Ag Committee. Brand new ranchers. They didn't know anything. And the reason they put them in there, I don't know who they got rid of, but the reason they put them in there was because they were green, eager to please, right. happy to be on the committee, and they right. would get the vote the on the Colorado Wild Horse Bill without any argument whatsoever. Right. Of course. Yeah. And 
everyone, just most of that committee were ranchers. I was blown away. And some of them, a couple of them were, were uh, you know, they put myself and William Simpson down. I mean, it was very unethical what they did. And they voted uh, unanimously. There was one guy who wanted to say no, but <laughs> he probably figured, well, it wasn't going to make a difference and he was going to be, you know, in a difficult position. So unanimously, they voted yes. And then it went to appropriations for $1.5 million would immediately go into an account to assist these starters who were already getting huge federal grants to put the nail in the coffin for the Colorado wild horses that were remaining because they 90% of Colorado's wild horses were annihilated, were removed in less than one year. Recently. And yet they were going to go in and continue to dart them and sterilize them. They were already non-viable. They're already non-viable. Lie about the numbers. Lie about the numbers. And uh, with the new schedule from BLM for roundups, they've got a whole list of bait and trap sterilization. They're not even given dates. And they're coming for all four remaining herds again to reduce them way, way down even further. So what do you have? I mean, if you sterilize all the horses and you've got non-viable numbers and you're causing genocide, I mean, it's, it's the end. It's the end. And the fact that Governor Polis and the fact that they did this in secret and they weren't expecting any opposers to show up. It was like a last minute thing. And I don't believe the committee read any of our written ones. Um, they probably didn't have a chance to, but they weren't going. And they made their mind up before they even went in there. Yeah. And um, Governor Polis signed off on it. Not only that, on the signing celebration, they called it, at the Little Book Cliffs. Wild Horse Sanctuary. That one's a sanctuary. One of four sanctuaries. Federally designated. Was by invitation only. Invitation only. Never gave us a seat at the table. And I was just blown away at that. I mean, to me, that is a huge traitor. He's a huge traitor. And he approved it and put $1.5 million in an account. It went, it had to go through the House committee several times. And they voted like uh, there was only a few that voted against, but that was a no, you know, that was a done deal too. And then he signed off at a, at a celebration where he did not invite any other of his constituents and put $1.5 million without us having a seat at the table. 
So, and it's pretty much how it's been going with the wolves, obviously. So the states, I was blown away, and it was the same in the House Committee, because I testified there as well, and a few, I got a few more to do the House, all ranchers. And I'm telling you, the ranchers were belligerent. I mean, oh, they, they always are. Yeah, they always are. Come back at us yeah. in a very mean, vicious way. I mean, unethical behavior by both the Senate and the House Ad Committee because they were, mm -hmm. were all ranchers and um, just about. So I was really blown away and I really kind of wanted more people to one testify, but to see that this is what's going on in Congress. The ranchers and the hunters, you know, they're ranchers are huge lobbyists in the oil and gas as well. And the only most of the nonprofits, all they lobby for is PCP. And um, the other thing that I found out was that um, Piat's Mustangs admitted to using Gonicon, which is a one to two dot permanent sterling. And the the other groups say that, you know, we're only going to use PCP because it's humane. Well, it isn't any more humane. Yeah, it's not it humane. It's not humane, yeah. So Perry Will was the lead on that. And I was just so ashamed. And I was so shocked that the Colorado Assembly was so inundated by the ranchers. So the wildlife don't have a chance here. They no. No, they, they don't. And um, it's not just PCP. It's also, I mean, I happen to know for a fact that Gonacon is used on the wild horses in Nevada and it's used on the wild horses in Wyoming. Of course, we're not going to have any wild horses left anywhere, at least, at least in Wyoming well. pretty soon. And Oregon as well. And Gonacon is even worse um, and also, I just like to let everyone know that PCP, uh, while it's called a, a, a birth control method, it's really just an extinction, a slow, a slow, a slow way uh, towards extinction. And it's used on a variety of wildlife animals, not just our wild horses, but they use it on deer and the elk. And I mean, it, the, the insanity just never ends. But um, we only have a couple minutes left. So, what can people listening do? Uh, if there's anything uh, to help save like the, the few wild horses and wolves that we do have left. And I, I can't stress enough uh, that we really do have just a few of these animals left, whatever, whatever the government, when I say government, I don't just mean state government. I also mean federal government. And that would be the park service, fish and wildlife and BLM, which is Bureau of Land Management. When they shoot off numbers of thousands of wolves and tens of thousands of wild horses, None of that is even remotely true. People like Pam have been out there and they have seen just vast desert where there used to be lots of wild horses, wolves, coyotes, bears, and there's just nothing. I myself have seen that even back in the 1990s. So when they say that there's an insane number of wild horses um, in the wild, that is not true. Um, and the facts, the facts show that to be true. Uh, the government just is not forthright. So what can anybody, if there's anything, uh, what can anybody do to 
to help stop the insanity, not just of the PZP and the Gonacon, but of the roundups, which pretty much happen year round now. Um, oh, and and they just keep going back out. And they just keep going out, right? I, I I'll get to that in one second. I just want to say that these are the two goals by all these enemies. Now, the I can also see with the wolves that they they have the ultimate plan of delisting them right. in Colorado. Yeah. And this is how I believe, uh, like, the other states, like Wyoming, I believe it's Wyoming, Idaho, and Montana that delisted them. Yes, yeah, they're not listed. And on the I can see stuff. Colorado using this mm -hmm. as a way to delist them in Colorado. Yeah. When they get to a certain number, they're going to be delisted. That's in the plan. Yeah. That's in the final reintroduction plan. Yeah. And it's going to be in the federal plan, too. So that's what they're working towards is a delisting in Colorado so that they don't ever have to worry again about not killing wolves. Right. In Colorado, in partnering with these groups for money. The plan is to get every wild horse off of public lands and onto sanctuaries, those that don't go to slaughter. This is a big slaughter industry right now. Oh, huge. And uh, so they're giving money, Polis is giving money to help get other land, you know, sanctuaries. But all they are is sanctuaries. It's not rewilding. It's still going to be the end of American Mustang because if they're all sterilized, and they're, you know, even if they're on a sanctuary, they can run around, you know, they can't have any families, they can't reproduce. It's still going to be the end of the Mustangs. And it's 100% against the Wild Free Roaming Horse and Borrow Act. Unfortunately, and this became super obvious in Colorado with these two bills, um, in my exposure to the Senate and House Ag and Natural Resources and Water Committees, and that every legislature also with the um, anti-Colorado uh, slaughter bill, got which got shut down, that our entire state legislation is bought out and sold out. And that's the same yeah. with Congress and the federal government. Yeah. But I would say protests at the Denver Capitol would be uh, a good thing to do for both of these, but continue to write legislators, but Polis in particular. And I also heard that he does not, he does not read emails and he does not listen to voice messages. He just asks his secretary for a number of people who comment on any particular thing. Interesting. And this okay. came from Marlon Reese's office. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Marlon so, would know. Very, He's the partner. Yeah. Yeah. It's very hard. Uh, I mean, I've been doing this for 20 years and it's like, I just been telling people that mass uprising, just constant mass uprising is the only thing that's going to make a fuss because they are all, we, we just get cookie cutter letters. And uh, I have a friend who 
literally went to Polis's office two times with Pam, you know, a whole package in her hands. And Polis is right there on the other side of the door, and she wanted to meet with him, and twice she got turned down. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't sound like there are any groups other than Bill Simpson's out in Colorado, the Wild Horse Fire Brigade. But it certainly doesn't sound like there are any groups that are even remotely on the side of keeping wild horses wild, keeping them vile, viable so that they can procreate for survival of the species, or even protecting their land, despite a law in 1971 that was supposed to protect thousands, tens of thousands of wild horses. Um, and the tens of millions of acres that they had been living on. Um, so I would say for people listening, just bypass the nonprofits because they're they're just as corrupted as everybody else and just go directly to, um, well, I guess call, uh, if you're in Colorado, call your local representative. Uh, and if you're not in Colorado, then call your congressman and just really, you know, complain about what is going on because wild horses and the wolves are supposed to be federally protected. So this isn't even a Colorado issue per se, this is a national issue. And if they can obliterate wild horses and they can obliterate wolves, they can obliterate any other species. So you might want to think about that too. This is a domino effect. And, you know, we've, we've seen that. Um, so we will end it there. Thank you very much, Pam, for giving us some truth. Uh, I, I know that other than you and Kath and a few other genuine activists, there really isn't anybody involved with wild horses. Uh, and I, of course, I've documented this extensively, unfortunately, that is even remotely on the side of wild horses. I mean, that's true with a lot of other species, but there's just something about our amazing wild horses that they are just like royally screwed over by all these nonprofits who are just completely corrupted uh, by the taxpayer money for PZP. And I just wanna specify for people who aren't aware of what PZP and Gonacon is, why it's so bad. It's not just that it sterilizes the horses and that it's a pesticide, but these darters, they have like these high powered rifles and they shoot a moving target. Now granted horses are big, but they're still a moving target, right? If you shoot the PZP dart in the wrong area, you could kill the horse right away. And they know that. And these quote darters, they're like women who are basically out of shape and they, they, they don't know anything about horses. They don't know anything about biology. They're not um, sharpshooters. You know, they're not even trained on how to proficiently use a rifle. Um, so at every turn, it's just ass backwards and the, the wrong way to go about doing it. So I have my fingers crossed that some sanity, a miracle will happen in Colorado and the few horses that are left will somehow manage to survive. I don't put much uh, hope in that, to be honest. Um, I don't know what's gonna happen with wolves. I know you, Pam and others have fought for a long, long time. Um, maybe at the end, we still have a few months left in 2023, maybe some sanity will come. Uh, I say that cautiously because I don't really have a whole lot of faith, but you never you never know. Miracles do happen, you know. Fingers crossed that the wolves, 
the wolves will be introduced and they're not killed right away. You know, when 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 can only hope. But um, we have to keep the faith. We have degree. to keep the faith. We have to keep but the faith. Casey, I really, really, really want to thank you for doing these podcasts to expose the truth, to really expose the truth, because the propaganda leads these days. And the American people, I mean, the wolves and wild horses in our public lands belong to all of us. They do. And they do. People need to hear the truth more. They do than need to hear the truth. Yes. And so many people are afraid to speak the truth. I know you're not afraid to speak the truth and I'm not afraid to speak the truth, but so many are so many quote journalists are afraid to print what's really going on. Uh, And then people read it and they think, Oh, there's like 80,000 wild horses and they're destroying the land. When in fact, wild wild horses are native to North America and they're native to the U S. So that's one propaganda that's been going on forever. And the other is that they destroy the land when in fact it's the non-native cows and sheep that are destroying the land. Wild horses actually restore the land and keep it in balance. So, you know, people need to think, you know, how badly do they want that stake? That stake costs not just the life of wild horses and wolves and cougars and bears and all, all the predators that the ranchers want to get rid of, but the livestock, uh, I mean, they have a torturous life as well. You know, uh, it's short, it's painful, and then they get slaughtered. But um, they do a huge amount of damage to our drinking water and our land. And what's that's damaged? It's damaged forever. We can't restore that. So people might want to think how badly do they want that stake. We really would be much better off with our wolves and wild horses. Well, they also want to think that 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 everything, all this destruction that's going on, and I just told you about what was put into accounts to kill the right. wolves and the wild horses, right. is, is on the American taxpayer. Billions and billions, oh, billions. And billions of yeah, billions of welfare for the rich. Oh, it's yeah, well- hundreds, hundreds of billions, actually. If you, if you add up like all the different agencies, um, Department of Agriculture and Department of Interior, uh, not to mention all the salaries that these people don't, you know, exactly. don't, don't really earn because they're, they're not, they're not doing conservation. They're doing the opposite. And then you think about all the programs that we subsidize. And then, you know, if you want to do the domino effect, uh, when all the livestock pollutes all our drinking water, all the people that get sick and they go to hospitals and that's all subsidized too, the public hospitals. So that's why I said that animal issues, it's not just about animals. They actually affect every human. Uh, if you eat food, if you drink water, if you breathe air, if you pay taxes, well, you, then you're, pay, you're paying for all of this too, not just the destruction. So it might behoove people to kind of to kind of listen. Anyway, thank you, Pam, so much for spreading thank the truth and being on. Um, so I hope everyone has enjoyed the show and tune in next time. I cover many topics that you won't ever read about in the news. I also encourage people to check out other all about animal podcasts. They have some terrific shows that you will find interesting. And that is a wrap. So thank you very much, Pam. You too, Stacy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.